Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Kiseitzei Lamolchama Alivecha. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos Parashas Seitzei, the 14th day of the month of Elul, in the year Tavshin Lamed Aleph, exactly 50 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse of the opening of this week's Torah portion where it says, Kiseitzei Lamolchama Alivecha. When you go out to war on your enemy, when a son will give you your enemy in your hand, and you'll take captives. So the Rebbe says, we know there's the famous questions that the commentaries ask on this verse, and also in the Hasidic teachings of the Chabad Rabbeim. And the question number one is, why does it say, in a singular term, you're going to go out? We're talking about the whole Jewish people. You're going to go out in a plural way. Why does it say in a singular? Also, why, when it says, on your enemy, so it says, your enemy plural. So if you're saying singular, I'm going out, so the enemy should also be singular. Also, why does it say, you're going out to wage war on your enemy. You're going out with your enemy. You're not on top of your enemy. And also we have to understand, why does it say you're going to go out to war on your enemy? War is with an enemy. War is with a friend. What does it mean going out to war with an enemy? Also, why is the verse can finish off and say, Hashem is going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you in a singular form. He's giving you one thing. He's giving you the whole war that you conquered. Also, why is the Shavisa Shivya a double expression of taking captive? So the Rebbe explains, and he says like this, We know that generally speaking, the whole Torah is everlasting. What does that mean, Torah is everlasting? That means it applies to every single person. Every part of the Torah is everlasting. Every, it applies to everybody. And everybody not just applies to you that you can read a book. No, it applies to you in your serving Hashem, in your relationship with Hashem. Every single time, every single place. So it applies to everybody, every time, and every place. And that's why Torah is called Torah Chayim. The Torah of life. Why? Because Torah teaches you and guides you how to live a life, a real life. So therefore, every part of Torah applies to every single person, every single place, every time. But not only when life was normal, when we had the base of Mikdash, when we had the, the, the full service in the temple. But even when we don't have the temple, Torah applies to everybody. And the same thing also in this week's Torah portion, Kisait, when you're going to go out to war, there obviously must be a very, very practical lesson in each and every one of us in the way we serve Hashem. So Rebbe explains like this, that uh, on this verse where it says when you go out to war, so Chazal tell us, what type of war is it? In other words, there's two types of war. So there's a war which is a mitzvah to go out, that's when, you, that's when someone's attacking you, and then there's a war which is, which is a rishus, which is optional. In other words, what's the difference between a, a milchamas mitzvah, a war which is a mitzvah to go out and, and wage war, and a war which is optional? So we know the Rambam explains in the laws of kings that what is a milchamah, what's a war of a mitzvah? So that's referring to many things, but one of them is when someone's coming to attack you. And someone's coming to attack you and take your land, so it's a mitzvah to go out and protect yourself and protect the land. What's an optional war? That's when you want to expand the borders of Israel. So that's already optional. And there's different laws that apply to a, a war which is a mitzvah, a war which is, which, is permission, uh, which is optional. 
So therefore, that's a technical war, where the Rambam tries it. But the Rebbe said this, that we know that every part of Torah applies to each and every one of us and are serving Hashem. So therefore, what is the lesson we can learn in the way we're supposed to serve Hashem about going out to war in a war which is optional? So in other words, going out to war which is optional, which means to expand our boundaries, our relationship with Hashem, and it's not just to protect ourselves that we shouldn't, God forbid, sin against Hashem, or we, that we should be able to do what we have to, but to do even more than we want to, do even more than we're supposed to. So what is that referring to? So the author explains in the Kuti Torah, and he says that this war, which is optional, to expand your boundaries, which means to have a deeper relationship with Hashem, a more meaningful relationship with Hashem, a living more of a happier life, that happens when the time for war happens when you're praying. Because the time for prayer is a time when you work on trying to create a deeper relationship with Hashem, a better relationship with Hashem. And Rebbe quotes from the Zoyar that says, Shas Tzolois is Shas Kirva. The time of prayer, that's the time of war. That's the time we're trying to become closer to Hashem. Or like he quote, like Rebbe quotes from where it says in the Torah where Yaakov said that he took, when he was conquered the land from the Emirates, Bechabi Bechashti, so the Targum Unkelis translates, Bechabi that you see that, that war is connected to prayer. What is it? What, what type of war is it? And the purpose of the war is to go from to go from one level to the next level. And it was not just to protect that we don't, God, we get disconnected from Hashem. But the goal of the war is to connect, to create a deeper and more meaningful relation with Hashem. Now, so again, to recap, what does it mean practically going out to war? It means developing a deeper and more meaningful relation with Hashem. When does that happen? It happens during the prayer service. So based on this, we're going to, every part of going out to war where it applies to a physical or applies to a spiritual war. So what does it mean, kiseitze, when you go out? Obviously you're going out to war, but it means, what, 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 what it means practically is you have to go out. In other words, in order for your prayers to be impactful and successful, where you create a deeper relationship with Hashem, you have to go out. What are you going out from? You're going out from the limits and the mindset that you set for yourself, or that you have. The goal, if you want to be successful in becoming, developing a deeper relationship with Hashem, you can't live the same lifestyle you're living before, mentally, emotionally. You have to be willing to break out. In other words, you have to be willing to go out of anything that's holding you back, even intellect and understanding, which means like this, we understand things, we comprehend things, but we can only comprehend so far. So if we're only willing to live a life that we understand and comprehend, we're never going to be able to go out of ourselves. We have to be willing to realize intellect is amazing, it's a beautiful gift, but it has its limits and it has its boundaries. We want to connect to God, we want to connect to Hashem above intellect. And that's when you, go, when you pray, when you reach a level of Shmoina Esrei, because all throughout the prayer service, Toshman Esrei, you're thinking about the way Hashem created the world, maintains the world, the oneness of Hashem, it's all, we're using our intellect to connect. What happens at Shmoina Esrei? We stand there quietly. The words come out naturally out of our mouth. What does that mean? That's when we reach the level of acceptance. What type of acceptance? Above intellect. Acceptance, in, intellect, that's not a real acceptance. That's understanding. So Shmoina Esrei is when we accept. We're willing to accept our relationship with Hashem, and that takes the relationship to a whole different level. So Rebbe says, one second, what are we saying? We're saying now that prayer is to take us out of intellect, off the charts. But the Rebbe says, what do you mean? We know that the fact is prayer has a process. You start, there's a middle, there's an end, there's a process in it. 
And we know, for example, it says in the Medrash that prayer is like a ladder. Like we know the famous uh, ladder of, of, of Jacob. They, there was a ladder. What's, what is the image of the ladder? The ladder's feet is in the ground and the top is on heaven. means you have to start off down where you're at, wherever, whatever level you're at, and you go from one level to the next level. So what does that mean? You're going out of your limits. So the Rebbe explains that means that even while you're on the earth and you're anchored and you have all your understanding and all your you know, rationale, etc., etc., you have to be able to have a disclaimer and a deep commitment and resolution that he nay Hashem needs to have all of. That Hashem is the one that's standing above us. Hashem is the one that runs the world. In other words, you, before you even get to the place where you're ready to jump out, you have to be willing to accept that you're ready. You're ready to go break out any of your old limits. Yeah, and then you go through the process. So as the Rebbe is saying like this, when you start the process of prayer, the beginning of prayer, you have to say to yourself, okay, I, my goal is, my intent is, he ne Hashem I know that Hashem runs the world, Hashem is running my life. And I want to get to that place where I'm willing to accept it. Okay, fine. Then you start the prayer service. You think and you meditate and you read the words, etc. And there's a process. Yes, the beginning and the end. But the end is, when you come to Shvanesra, you're totally quiet. Total acceptance. Acceptance that you're jumping out of intellect and realizing Hashem is the one that runs everything. And this is also what it says in the Talmud, based on the verse in the prophets, So the Talmud explains, what does it mean, what is he considered? The Talmud switches the word to what? To bama, to an altar. In other words, before a person prays, and before, what does that mean before you pray? Before you really, before you connect to Hashem, you're considered like an altar. And matter of fact, that's why um, it's forbidden actually to eat before you pray. Because first, you've got to connect to Hashem. And like, for example, it says in the Talmud, on the verse, you shouldn't eat on the blood, which means you shouldn't eat until you pray for your blood. The first thing you have to pray, you have to realize everything comes from Hashem. Once you realize everything comes from Hashem, then you can go ahead and, and enjoy life. So that's why it says kiseitze. So in other words, kiseitze is an important component. What is the component of kiseitze? We have to be willing to go out of everything that we understand, comprehend, and go to the next level. Not go out, God forbid, go down. Go out and go up to the deeper level. And reach a connection and relate to Hashem and develop a relationship with Hashem which is much deeper. So based on this, the Rebbe explains why it says, Kiseitzi l'malchama, in a singular term. Kiseitzi, is singularly going out. Why is it singular? We're all going out to war. What does that mean? Because, so the Rebbe explains, because Kiseitzi means that the whole Jewish people are called Yachid. We're one. We're all one. Why? Because what are we talking about now, spiritually? We're talking about the work of prayer. Prayer means we want to connect to Hashem, above intellect. Now, in order to have a prayer, prayer should be effective, and you want prayer should work, you have to do it in a way that you're unified with everybody. And you love everybody. Because if you start praying, and you, you don't love everybody, and you, you don't get along with certain people, prayer is not going to work so well. It's not going to work. Because in order to start prayer, you have to accept that you love everybody. Everybody's one. Everyone's part of, part of one, 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 one family. And like, it's brought down in many places. And the author brings it in his prayer book that before we start prayers every single day, and we say it, the author writes, it's, it's befitting to say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah of a haftal 
which means even though maybe you're not necessarily technically holding it on every level, but you're accepting upon yourself that I want to reach a place where I can be able to love everybody and love everybody. Because when you accept upon yourself that you're willing to love everybody, and you love everyone, then the then the prayers the prayers fly. And um, I, we see clearly, and it was it saying in the Talmud, when it comes to prayer, it says, If the whole community is doing something in a certain way, doesn't your community do it differently? If you're here, do it the way community is doing it here. Why? I do it differently somewhere else. And the answer is because if you want your prayers to be accepted, you have to be part of the community. You can't live in a community and do your own thing. You could, but you're not going to get the benefit of the community. And like, for, and and it's, and, it, and it's explained also in other other places about the power of, of prayer and it was prayer as a community because it says in the, it says it says in the prophet it says like this hain kale kabir v'layimos which means that Hashem is never disgusted with a prayer or a community. If let's say someone's praying individually, okay, some can see. Do I want? I don't want to answer it. Is the person worthy? Not worthy. But when you're praying as part of a community, guess what? Community package and things go through. In other words, so you see from here clearly from all these different sources that when it comes to prayer, what's important and extremely important, unity of the Jewish people. And that's why the Torah says, Ki say we're going to go out to war. It doesn't say, Ki to you're all going to go out. Because if you're all going out, that means you're not one. Ki say you're going out to war, you want to be successful? You want to go out of your comfort zone? Ki you have to be willing to go as one. As one big family, as one big community. Now, if that's the case, what are we saying? We're going out to war, which means I'm willing to accept. I'm willing to get along with everybody. So if that's the case, why is it a war? Why is it a war? It's peaceful. I get along with everybody. And Rebbe explains because why? Because what is really prayer? We know it's brought down in Kabbalah that prayer is called avoid the It's called the work of the heart. And like the, it says in the Talmud, what is what is avoid the What does it mean working with your heart? That's prayer. And like the author explains in Torah, in Parshat Nashpatim, what does it mean avoid the You're working with the heart. So he uses the expression, just like, for example, you have a piece of hide that's a coarse piece of hide, and you want it to be soft, that could be that could be that it could be beautiful and flexible, etc. You have to work it out. You know, it takes a lot, a lot of work to take a piece of hide and make it something which is beautiful and enjoy and and, and, and and enjoyable. And that's why it's called war. So even though it's prayer, where you're getting along, and everyone's coming together as one, and you're coming together as one. And you're connecting to Hashem and you're going out of your comfort zone, which is beautiful, but it's work. Why? Because you're working with your heart and your heart should be more sensitive to God and godliness. And that's why, even though it's it's peaceful, but still it's still work. And that's why it's called Mohammed. And based on this, Rebbe explains why it says, Alivecha. You're going out on top of your enemy and not with your enemy. Why? Because when a person goes out to war based on these conditions, which it is, A, you're going out to war and you're willing just to accept whatever Hashem wants from you. And you're willing to get along with everybody and you're willing to do the work. Guess what? When you're going out to war, you're already on top of your enemy. You already have an advantage. You're already above, which means you have an advantage and you're going to be successful. It's not like when you're fighting with someone's on the same level. But you're already above it. And it's by doing the work 
of becoming one with everybody, willing to go out of your comfort zone, working on your spiritual uh, uh, heart to make it more sensitive to Hashem, you're already above, which is really amazing. And that's why Yerba says, that's why it says, when you go out on your enemy, and by your enemy it says plural. Key states it when you're going out, it's a singular. But when it comes to the enemy, it says plural. Why does it say plural? So Rebbe says we can understand this way on what it says in the Talmud that um, Rashi brings it in, in the commentary in Chumash that Esau, Esau we know, had six souls. Six souls, six members in his family. And what does the Torah call it? Nefashos, plural. So he had six souls, and it's called plural. Nefashos, plural. Now, why were they called plural? We know Yaakov had what? Seventy. And over there it only says nefesh, singular. Why was nef by, by Aesop, why does it say plural? Because they served multiple gods. So even though they were only a small family, six people, but they're considered six souls because everyone served their own god. So therefore, it's a lot of gods. So it's plural. On the other hand, when Yaakov it says, he was 70, but it says 70, 70 nefesh. It doesn't say plural for nefesh. It says nefesh singular. Why? Because they only served one God. So you can be 70 people. If you're serving one God, you're going to be a nefesh. You can be six people, which is not even 10%, but everyone is serving their own God. That's nefesh. There's so many voices, so many, so many different ways and directions and the visions and the uh, motives, etc. So that's why the Torah of Kisait, and when we're going out to war, Lashon Yachid, we have one God that we're following. Aleivecha, your enemy is plural. Why? Because the enemy serves multiple gods. But what does it say at the end? God is going to give you, and it says, how is he going to give it to you? In a singular form. Not in a, he's going to give you multiple, one, one give, one giving. What does that mean? In other words, when it says he's going to give it to you in singular to tell you and, 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 to, and to show you that, when you that the success in the war is going to be easy just like you're literally fighting one person and as well as when you're fighting one person you're able to, to conquer and become successful and overpower the enemy just in one shot and like we know the famous story with the, with the war with Sichoin so Rashi says Hashem realized, oh my gosh, why should the Jewish people have to suffer, fight here and fight there, etc., and go after city after city to conquer them? So what did Hashem do? He put it, Hashem put in the heart of all the people to go out of their cities, and they came to one place, and guess what? Right there in one spot, the Jewish people were able to conquer them. In other words, if they had to go and conquer every city, it would take them forever, and there would be casualties. But they all came to one spot, and that's why they were successful. And the Rebbe says that's also what it says in the prophets about the famous war of Goig and Magog. And we actually say it in the Haftorah in the month of Tishrei coming up. That what's going to happen is they're all going to gather to one spot. And there's going to be the success of the war of Goig and Magog in one area. And the same thing also the Rebbe says we see when it came to the war in Mitzrayim. When the Jewish people left Egypt. So what does it say in the Torah? It says clearly. By Yar Yisrael Mitzrayim, the Jewish people saw Egypt, Mace. Mace is singular for dead. Asfasiyam on the sea. They saw Mace, one, there's multiple casualties, multiple deaths. So why did the Torah say one, one person died? So Chazal tell us that, which is actually from the Zohar, the reason why it says Mace, singular, because they saw, they all saw the angel, the general, the spiritual general of, Esau, of, of Mitzrayim dead. Now, once they saw 
that the general of Egypt, the spiritual angel of Egypt was dead, they didn't have to go deal with every single one. It was enough to see that one, what one dead person, their, their guardian angel. What does that mean practically in the world of Kabbalah? It means to nullify and, and, and extinguish the makif, which means the powerful source, which gives life force to all the details of klipa, which is called the level of lavoina. In other words, from this level of lavoina, so the spark of, of holiness, um, that's what klipa like pulls from. Klipa is pulls from that level. And that is called the sire of Mitzrayim. The power of Egypt, the real power, the spiritual power of Egypt, and they basically got it, that was all centralized into one, in one area of this power of Egypt. And when they were able to eradicate the guardian angel of Egypt, all the details went away automatically. And based on this, Rebbe explains why it says in the verse "Veshavisa Shivya" that you're going to take captive twice. "Veshavisa Shivya" you're going to take captive twice. Why twice? Because since Hashem already is giving it to you. So even before you do your job, so the enemy is not an enemy. The enemy is already called a shivya. It doesn't say the shavisa you'll take captive of your enemy. You're going to take captive of your captive. That means before you even start, your enemies are captive. So if that's the case, why are you going to war? So we know there's a concept called Hashem doesn't want to have called bread of shame. Bread of shame is you don't have to do anything. You sit home and do nothing. But we know it says the fum tsara agra. Based on the amount of the pain, based on the amount of the effort, that's how much reward you get. So therefore, Hashem wants us to do our part, and it says, V'shavisa, go out and, 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 and cap, cap, uh, um, take captive, but remember, it's only, you only have to take care of captive of the captive. So on one hand, it's already a captive, you don't really have to do it, but Hashem still wants us to put our part in, and that's why it says, V'shavisa, we should, go out and do, we should go ahead and do our part. Now, when does this play, take place? So all this spiritual work of praying, transforming ourselves, connecting to Hashem, becoming one with Hashem, accomplishing um, real unity within ourselves and with our families and our communities, etc. When does it happen? It all happens in the month of Elul. We know the month of Elul, which we're in right now, that's the month of prayer. That's the month of, of, of um, war, of Rishos, of getting a deeper relationship with Hashem. And, and that's, we know the month of El is called, it stands for Anila Doidi Vidoidi That's the Avoida, the spiritual work of Anila Doidi. I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me, it means we're doing our spiritual work, Anila Doidi. And Rebbe says you can find actually an, uh, an interesting um, hint to this, because what does it say? Anila Doidi, which means we're doing our work, our spiritual work. In the same word, in the same of Anila Doidi Vidoidi Li, but the, the abbreviation for the month of El, you have you doing your work, what happens right away? The thing the same word, Vidoidi Li. We're getting back the tremendous gift from Hashem, where Hashem is responding. And as I never use the verse where it says, Ad Meheri the blessing comes right away. So if you do your work, when am I going to see the results? Guess what? Anila Doidi Vidoidi Li, you do the work, and right away you get to get the response. And like, for example, the verse continues, it says, Vachsa Savia Ve'ima Yerach Yomim, that they, um, they, they cry for the mother and for the father for a whole month, and it's brought down in, in, in many different uh, uh, Hasidic, uh, 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 books that what does it mean for, for a month they cry? It's referring to the month of Elul, a whole month that we cry. We do, we do some people read extra psalms every day, we know we blow the shofar every day, some people do uh, have the custom to read slichot every day. So that's a whole month of Elul. And then we come to the completion of our spiritual work, and what's the completion of our crying of a whole month of Elul? We come to Rosh Hashanah, we come to Yom Kippur, and afterwards we come to Shana Rabbah and Shemini Atzeres. And based on these holidays, the verse says, 
afterwards you're going to come and you're going to, and you're going to create intimacy. And what is that referring to? It's referring to the intimacy of what the Jewish people and Hashem. When does that happen on the completest completest level? That happens at the end of the holiday of Sukkot on Shemini Atzeres, because then it's the Jewish people and Hashem are totally one, literally become two, totally unified in a, in, a, in, a, in a oneness. And 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 once we reach that level, Rebbe says that's what it says in the next Torah portion. We're going to come into the land, the land of Israel. And why don't you come to the land of Israel? We can fulfill the mitzvah of bringing the first fruits to to to, um, to Hashem. You bring from the seven species to Hashem, which is from the blessings of the land of Israel. And what does that mean practically? That means that we receive all the good from the land uh, physically and spiritually. And um, also, the Rebbe will be fulfilled what it says in this week's Torah portion. God did not want to listen to Bilam that wanted to curse the Jewish people. And Hashem turned around, He transformed the curse that He wanted to curse the Jewish people, and He transformed it from a klala, from a curse to a blessing. Why did Hashem do it? Hashem loves us. Up until we're going to have the ultimate completion of what's going to be like when Mashiach comes in the future. And the Rebbe says this, this is also connected to the idea of Baksa Zaviyah. Because it says we're going to cry. What's the connection with Mashiach coming? Because we know when, when reference to Mashiach comes, it says in the prophets, Bebechi Yavoyu. He's going to come with crying. Obviously, tears of joy. And it's the verse says in the, in the prophets, Azoyrim Bedima Berina Yiktoiru. Those that sow with sweat. When they're going to reap, it's going to be with tremendous joy and happiness. And, as the, and the same verse in, in, in Psalms, it says, We're going to go out and we're going to, we're going to cry, As we're planting the seeds. But when we bring it in, we're going to bring it in with joy and celebration. All the tremendous success and all the blessings that we're going to bring in. And the Rebbe finishes off by saying it should happen, this, this tremendous success, right now, with the true and complete redemption, should happen very, very quickly and very, very soon. So here you see a very, very powerful, beautiful discourse in this Torah portion of Kiseitzei, and it teaches us very, very powerfully how we can connect to Hashem through prayer. And what's important about prayer is to really be unified with ourselves, with, with everyone, in, everyone in the world and that will allow us to go out of our comfort zone and reach tremendous heights and, and achieve tremendous powerful blessings. And like the Rebbe finishes off, let's say, let's hope and pray that the Mitzvah will have coming of Mashiach very, very soon and the next class will be, God willing, in your Shalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week.